Hi, friends. Welcome to the Brave Enough Podcast. Grab some coffee, sit back, or enjoy your drive, and let's get authentic, real, and into the good stuff. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha Shilkut, and I'm so excited to hang out with you today, where we're going to talk about life and work and all the messy stuff in between. So get ready. In Season 2, Episode 7, Sasha continues her discussion on strategies to advance in your professional life. Now here's your host, Dr. Sasha Shilkut. Hey, welcome to the Brave Enough Show. It's your host, Sasha Shilkut. Thanks for tuning in today. We are going to talk about part two of strategies to advance in the workplace. I do a lot of coaching one-on-one and also group coaching and some of the most interesting questions that I receive and interesting problems that present themselves are from really highly successful women who I think if you looked at the world would think, oh, wow, she sets her day. She sets her schedule. She's really in control. She's really in the driver's seat of her career. And yet so many of the questions and the problems that I coach women through is how to get back into the driver's seat when they have given that seat away and they do not feel that they're in control of their career or control of their work-life balance and getting back to that. And so I want to encourage you, if you're feeling that way, to listen to this four-part series. And if you like what you hear, consider taking the Brave Enough Masterclass. I really have to limit how many people I can have in my coaching classes. I get so many messages and requests every day from women who are struggling all over the world. And the message there is you're not alone, but I can't answer every single message and coach every woman. I really wish I could, which is why I do this free podcast. But what I do offer is two coaching classes a year, and I take 12 women through 12 weeks of coaching And it's all online and it's totally doable in your current work because if it wasn't, nobody would be able to do it, (laughs) including me. I have a full-time job. I have a busy family and we still make it work and we make it really feasible and we make it amazing and you have connection and you have support to get back into the driver's seat and be your own CEO, be the CEO of your own life. So if you're interested in the Brave Enough Masterclass, the next one will be starting March, 2020. You want to go online and you want to check it out at becomebraveenough.com or just send me an email. I read all my emails. So go to my website and send a message and just ask, Hey, what's this about? Or is this right for me? And let me know how you're doing. Let me know some feedback. I would love to be able to help you if I can. So today's show is going to be on one of the classes that we do in the master class, which is identifying your goals. And I'm thinking if you're listening, you've probably been through something in your life, a class, a workshop, you've heard a lecture, you've listened to a podcast, like identify your goals, set your goals, smash your goals. You go on Instagram, you see all these memes, you know, slay the day, slay your goals, you know, just achieve more, do more, be more. And I think the message that I hear often is I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I got to do just, I just got to find the motivation to do more. What's wrong with me? Why am I so tired? Why can't I achieve my goals? I think most of us, and this is key, are not achieving the goals that are really in our heart and our soul. And the reason that we lose motivation is because number one, we're human. And there's no way that every day you're going to wake up and you're going to find the motivation to slay the day. You're going to have days that are fives. You're going to have days that are tens, but you're going to have days that are fives. The only way that you can keep going and accept that you're having a day that's a five is if you actually understand that you, the the most important thing you can do 
is to figure out if what you think your goals are, are really your goals. So when I teach the masterclass, we go through this curriculum. And in the first few weeks, we dive into this. And it's amazing because what people list on their first day, what the women list is their goals, their career objectives, their life objectives. Maybe it's, you know, I want to lose a certain amount of weight, or maybe it's, I want to become more healthy, or maybe it's, I want to really work on my marriage or my relationships with others, or I want to get promoted, or I want to have, I want to take, um, I want to work less so that I can be more present with my children, or I want to travel, or I want to have this, I have this creative side that I really want to, you know, do, but I don't have time to do it. Those, when they really dig deep are not the goals that they set in week four of the class. It totally changes. And the reason is that we are so brought up in this complex work environment of saying yes and not setting boundaries that we find ourselves, and this is key, succeeding in ways and towards goals that we actually don't like. Yes, you, the hardest thing is when you find yourself succeeding in a job or working towards a goal and you're on this train track and you're really good at it or you're showing promise or you're making money or whatever the the positive benefit is, but you actually don't like it. And you're too afraid to stop and assess that actually these goals that I've been listing, these things that I've been working for are actually not at all what I want to do. They're not at all bringing me what I, what I actually need in life. Wow. 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 These are hard realities to face in our life. So one of the things that I have women do is to strip down the illusion goals and illusion goals. And this is important to define it. An illusion goal is a goal that we are told that we should choose, meaning we are given advice by well-meaning people often early in our career that set us on a path that say, you should pursue X. You are good at Y. The way to the path of leadership is Z. And we suddenly get on a path towards a goal that we have suddenly adopted because someone either complimented us, told us that that's the way to success, or most commonly, it's the very basic, common, most used path to success. And we adopt that as our goal. So I'm going to give you an example in my own life. Very early in my career, I noticed that very few people in my department and in my specialty were doing clinical research. And those who seem to have power and those who seem to be really um, have a lot of work flexibility and those who seem to be getting asked to speak on stages and those people who were doing a lot um, in the subspecialty of cardiac anesthesiology were doing research. And very early in my career, I thought, okay, I need to you know, get on this research bandwagon. And I was a very curious person and I actually enjoyed research early in my career. And so I went and talked to some people who were outside my division and department and nationally, and they all said the same thing to me. You have to get an NIH grant to be taken seriously as a researcher, and you need to do this kind of research and you got to start doing this now. And I didn't have very strong mentorship at that stage. And I believed what they said and they actually gave me good advice. But the problem was that I hadn't figured out if that's what Sasha wanted to do. 
but I didn't waste time because I thought, well, I'm kind of clueless. I don't know, you know, I don't have anybody to really challenge me on what my goals are and what my passion is. And so I just started down this path and it became an obsession and it became something that I achieved at and I was good at and I became successful at. But at some point along the way, I started realizing wow, this is really difficult. This is really, this is very isolating. This is very lonely. Um, I'm becoming more and more isolated in my career and in my career path because I was in an environment where no one else was really doing what I was doing. So I didn't have a lot of camaraderie and it slowly became very real to me that the goal that I had put in my brain was placed there by someone else well-intended, but I did not have enough insight or wisdom to say, that's actually not where I see myself in 30 years. And there are different paths to leadership. And maybe I can do that and this other thing, or maybe I can do research still, but it can be in a different vein or in a different way. I didn't have that, that knowledge or that mentorship. And no one really challenged me. No one said like, does this really set your heart on fire? Are you really passionate about that? So I, I want to, I always encourage us in our class to really strip down all of the expectations that other people put on us or the ideas that well-meaning mentors or leaders put in our head. I mean, nobody was trying to, you know, lead me astray, but they were basically saying what their passion was. So it should be mine. And I accepted it because I didn't know any different. So I think that it's really important to, for all of us, especially as women, when sometimes we, we know we lack mentorship and sponsorship that's been proven. We may just be grasping for something for us to stop and actually think, is this my real goal? Is this my passion? Is this something that motivates me? Is this something that excites me? Because I can tell you every day I get up and I go to work and there are things about my job that I do that I, that are just part of my job. And I do them, but I don't excel at the things that I don't love anymore. I excel at the things that honestly light my soul on fire, mentoring women, uh, burnout, well-being, gender equity, coaching, leadership, those topics. Like I get really excited about culture work and strategy that makes me super excited. And I don't even feel like I'm working when I'm doing those things now. I do other things and I do them well, but if I had to excel in those areas and do them every day and I didn't have an outlet to excel in the areas that I want to do, I wouldn't be able to keep the pace and do the things that are part of my job that are necessities that maybe I don't love as much. So all of us need an outlet to really pursue our real passion and our real goals. And I think it's a very common myth that we think if we're good at something or we make money at something that that should be our primary goal or The third myth is if someone in power tells me that that should be my goal or that's what I should do, that should be the path, I take it. Another very common illusion goal, and this is something I hear from women all the time, is, well, that's how everyone does it. So that should be my my life objective, my work goal. Meaning, let's take uh, promotion. Um, Promotion in your department. There are a lot of there are very few, you know, women obviously in high level managerial positions in any job. Um, even in education where there are a lot of women, if you look at the highest levels of deans, etc., they're mostly, um, you know, in those people in those roles are mostly men. That's just the fact of life. 
And if we ask ourselves why that is, there's so many factors, but I think that a lot of it has to do with work fit, that we don't see ourselves as women really enjoying that job or being successful in that job, or we want to do that job, but we are denied that or passed over, or we are, you know, due to unconscious or conscious bias, we are never even considered for those positions. So we're not even in the circles to get our foot in the door. But I think even more commonly than, you know, if then one specific reason is the fact that we often look at these roles and the path that it takes to get there. And we're like, I am not willing to do that because we're told there's only one path. This is the path. And we're so afraid of forging our own path and the, the risk that comes with it. We're so risk adverse that we just adopt illusion goals or the path to get to this illusion goal, or maybe the path to get to our real goal, but it's not the path that we're supposed to be on, but we accept it because we are totally risk averse. So risk is something that we are taught, I think, as women to avoid. And it's because we are judged harshly for our failures, much more harshly than male leaders and men in the workplace. That study has been done in multiple arenas by different people showing that when a woman leader makes an error, she is judged more harshly. Uh, Jane is judged more harshly than Jim for the same error by those in uh, her department, those in her division, those in her company. So when we make an error, we don't get to fail. We don't have a big net to catch us and it has more impact as women. So naturally we are risk adverse. We do not want to take risks that may put us in a position where we're going to fail. We're going to screw up, which is part of the reason. I think another reason why women don't pursue stretch goals or leadership positions is because man, you're already on a, on a, you know, pedestal. Now you're going to be on a pedestal and in a spotlight and in a glass house all by yourself. And who wants to be there? I don't want to be there. So we are very risk adverse in taking small leaps because when we fail, we suffer bigger consequences. And so we're kind of pushed into this narrow margin that I've spoke about in the last session. And what we're told is there's one path to reach your goal and it's the easiest one and it's well-worn. And that's true. Most of the time when we take a path that's well-worn and that everyone else takes, people have already figured out the obstructions and the challenges for us. And it's a lot easier to pursue our goals down a path that's very easily made for us. However, (laughs) many times it's not the path we want to be on. I can tell you that, you know, I had a great drive and passion to help women after I came out of a very low point in my life about five years ago. I had no vehicle to do that. I didn't have a, I don't have, I still don't have a title. I mean, I'm a cardiac anesthesiologist and that's my job is to take care of patients, which I love. I'm a vice chair of strategy in my department, which I love, but I don't have an official role in my daily work life to go and And I don't, you know, pay my bills by helping women, but I had this huge desire to help women. And it was a lack of opportunity for me to go, I can't figure out how I really want to help women, but I show up every day at the hospital and I'm doing my job, which is, I'm just barely, you know, getting the job done of taking care of patients and leading in my department. I don't know. There's really no vehicle or avenue for me to help women. And so, but I knew that that was my passion. And I knew that I had to, to do it somehow. So I did the very difficult thing. (laughs) It's a lot easier now, but it was difficult then. I forged my own path and I started, 
helping women on my own time, nights and weekends, and and whenever I could, like I am now post-call, to really help women and, and say the things I felt really passionate to say and coach women and encourage women who I saw struggling every day in my workplace and in my friendship circles and online. And let me tell you, it has enriched my life and it has opened up actually opportunities in my real job and, you know, opportunities for me to speak, opportunities for me to publish and opportunities me for t- to do a- other things that if I would have just ignored that passion, I'm not sure that those opportunities would be there. And I'm not sure that I would be as fulfilled in my, you know, job that I work, you know, every day that puts, um, food on my kids' plates. And that's the reality of it. But it wasn't easy. I mean, this path that I'm on is not easy. I don't want to tell anyone, oh, just, you know, make your own path without telling them, make your own path. You can do it. If it's what you pursue, if it's your passion, if it's your creativity, if it fits your mold, go for it. But do not expect it to be easy because it is not easy. Is it, is it fulfilling and rewarding? Absolutely. Is it easy? No, but it's not the only path that you have to take. There are so many paths to get to your end goal. I know what my end goal is and I'm working towards it and I am passionate about it, but you know what? It's it. There's many different avenues because if you told me today, you know, you could just do this 24 seven, I would say, Oh, I don't want to give up what I do for patients in the operating room. I love that. I really, truly love it. And I really love being a leader in my department. So you can figure it out. There are many different paths to get to where you can be, but it is sticky and tricky at times and it is difficult, but it is so well worth it. And I want, I think that so many times we, as women just take the, the, path that is well-traveled, but that leads us to a place that we actually don't want to be. And that's really, really hard to accept. And maybe you're listening and you're like, man, I'm there. I'm on this path. I'm actually really good at it. I'm finding a lot of professional or personal success. I'm making money, but it's not what I want to do. You know what? I also want to say you don't have to give everything up. I created a path for myself that I can encourage women and empower women that also I can take care of patients in the operating room and work and do this complex surgeries that I love. I've figured that out. Now it took a while, but I didn't have to give up one to do the other. Sometimes that's advice that we also get. We get, well, if you start doing this, you have to totally quit doing this. That's a bunch of bull. (laughs) I'm just going to tell you right now, do not allow your goals and your mission and your drive in life to be limited by someone else's small mindedness. Do not, do not, do not. You pursue what it is that is that really lights the fire in your heart. And here's the thing that's so cool. Do you know that they've done studies? People really only have to do what l- drives them and gives them passion 20% of their total FTE to still stay highly engaged and do a good job doing 80% of the things they don't love. Now, they may like to do those other 80% or they don't mind them, but they love doing this one thing. You only have to do it 20% of the time. It's enough. 20% is enough to keep you engaged, doing a good job at the other work that you do. So you don't have to give every, either one up. I, I always tell women that you can create the job and the life you want if you are willing to get uncomfortable and work for it, because it's not going to come without a price. And that price is oftentimes being uncomfortable. So The last myth that I want to bust on setting your goals and figuring out what your true illusion goals are, are they, ask yourself, are these goals that I'm doing because someone else told me I should? 
because someone else told me I'm good at them or because everybody else is doing them, but really I want to create this other thing or I want to pursue this other thing. People are going to tell you that if you're really meant to do something, you're going to succeed and not fail at it. Well, I'm here to tell you that that's not true. I look back into when I started Brave Enough and StyleMD and how I started all of this. And it was, it is racked with failure. Failure. I can go back and I can say, I failed at this. I screwed that up. I burnt that bridge. I shouldn't have done that. I should have invested this. I should have been more careful with this. I should have been more risk. Uh, I should have taken more risks with this. I should have thought bigger with this or that. I made so many mistakes, but I'm still doing what I love and it's still successful and that's okay. So if you think in your mind, well, if I was really meant to do this, it will just happen. That's, that's a nice meme. That's a nice Instagram post, but that's not reality. When we pursue our goals, it's hard, it's messy, and we make mistakes. And that's reality. But it shouldn't allow us to stop from keep on pursuing our goals and doing the things that we were meant to do. I just want to encourage you today, if you're listening and you've gone, oh my goodness, this is me. I'm on this path, but I don't know how to get off. First of all, it may just need to be a, a parallel path. You, you may not have to totally jump ship and you don't have to do anything tomorrow. People kind of get in this panic when they realize that they're on a path or they're working towards a goal that they may not love. And I see this in women all the time when they realize this, they like panic and they think they have to get off the train right away. You don't, you can take time. You can be strategic and you can plan a shift. You can plan what I call a pause and a pivot. Listen to my previous podcast if you don't know what that is, because I talk about this all the time and you can get there. You can walk on the path that you are supposed to be on. You can pursue your passion project, your creativity. You can innovate things and you can actually create the job that you want if you're willing to get uncomfortable and you're willing to be strategic and take time to work for it. So I hope I gave you some great advice today on what worked for me. It may not work for you. And I realize that, but I, I hope that I shared some of my previous failures and mistakes that they can encourage you and yours. And again, if you're interested in this topic or you're thinking, gosh, I just need some more, you know, I need a plan. I need some, some curriculum and a strategy on how to think about this. Join the masterclass. It's starting next March. I would love for you to be in the class. It's a very small group of women, and I would love for you to be one of them. As always, live brave. This has been an HSG production.